0: Welcome to another of the podcasts from our seminar workshop series, New Concepts, New Challenges, New Formats, Envisaging the Creative Work PhD in an African Research University. I'm Christo Doherty and today Dr. Kathleen Tagg and Dr. Cameron Harris will be exploring the question, can we go beyond the ready-made, the creation of new artistic works and the art of collaboration within an academic environment? Dr. Kathleen Tagg is currently an Arts Research Africa artist in residence in the Witt School of Arts. She's a pianist, composer, producer, and music director based in New York City. Over the past decade, she's been prolific as a songwriter, but has also written for combinations as diverse as symphony orchestra, choir, string quartet, piano with electronics, and six-piece band. Dr. Cameron Harris is a senior lecturer in the music department in the Witt School of Arts, where he teaches music theory, and electroacoustic composition.
1: Kathleen has been with us for over three weeks here at Vitz, working on a project with our fourth year students in composition, and she's been incredibly generous with our time. We're going to spend a bit of time talking in a sort of case study way about what we've been doing over the last few weeks, and then broaden the discussion out into the larger issues that such work comes into. Uh, So, Cathy, can I begin by asking you to give us just a little bit of background about the modes of working that you use creatively as a performer and creator of your artistic projects?
2: Yes, firstly, I just want to say hi and thank you so much for having me here. So, in general, there's a few different streams of work that I do. One is as a performer of other people's work. I come from a classically trained pianist. I have a background as a solo performer and somebody who collaborates with others in those settings. Also in the past decade or so, I branched out and write a lot of songs. I work a lot for the theater and write for the theater a lot, and also large scale collaborations that span different genres. So working with jazz musicians, with so-called world music uh, musicians and electronics and sort of putting together everything to create new work as well. So in terms of how I work with new projects, tends to be very, very situational, and that's what I'm most interested in. So for example, when coming to Joburg, this has been a really incredible time for me here at WITS. It's been incredibly interesting, eye-opening, and I've also really been thrilled with just the generosity and openness of my colleagues, as well as the students, and the young musicians who I've worked with. Generally, what I'm most interested in is working with people in a specific place, in a specific time, and engaging with people where they are and with what they bring to the table at the current time. So that was one of the parameters that I was most interested in working with the students at Vits on this project and was to engage with them as young musicians with a certain skill set that they have acquired over the course of their musical studies. So using the same software that they've already been exposed to and worked with in class settings, as well as not requiring them to learn any additional skill sets from their composition backgrounds, not to learn new instruments, but to come with the knowledge systems that they have already, with the knowledge that they have, and then to put it together to create something new that is very reflective of the time and space where we find ourselves. So for... This particular project, it was Johannesburg 2018, and dealing with a very specific set of parameters and dealing with where we were going to be performing, which was in the greater Fitzart Art Museum space. And so then really engaging with what that meant in terms of looking at the exhibit, this incredible exhibition that's there beyond the ready-made, and using that as a jumping-off point. I've sort of gone beyond your question a little bit, but...
1: but that's, that's fine. And it, what you were telling us there about how you've been working here at Vitz has resonances for other large collaborative projects I know you've done in the past. I remember you were telling us when you were talking to the students in the setup about a, an amazing klezma based project you did. I think it was in Poland?
2: Actually, exactly a year ago, I was involved with my partner, David Krakauer, a clarinetist, and um, we worked with musicians... In Saini, in Poland. It's a place called the Borderlands Foundation on the border of Poland, Lithuania, Belarusia. And um, basically, working on a project there that deals very much with time and place. It's a bit of a long story to get into. It's basically, they've set up a cultural dialogue center that's been working for the past 25 years, began with theater, but very much uh, reverence in time and place. They got given an abandoned synagogue in a town of 6,000 people to use as their workspace, and they felt that in a town that had had 24% of the population being Jewish, that to use that particular space, they needed to uh, pay homage to it in some way if they were going to do their theater work and community engagement there. So their very first piece involved referencing a large-scale Jewish work and then actually setting up a klezmer band. There's no Jews left in the area, so it was all um, local Poles, non-Jewish, who were playing this music and bringing it to life. And 25 years on, it's a multi-generational band that works on across an insanely wide spectrum of collaborations. So we were brought in, self on piano, David as a leading Klezmer figure. But there were also three Syrian musicians who are currently refugees in Germany, an electronic musician from Ukraine. And so we had this huge smorgasbord of influences, genres, backgrounds, and different musical languages. And we had to create an evening, which they call their... Mystery of the Bridge celebration, they've actually created for the region what they call their Day of the Bridge in an area where there are Catholics, Protestants, Russian old believers, Orthodox, many, many different backgrounds and traditions and religions, but no common holidays. They've actually formed something which they call their Day of the Bridge. They call it the Region Holiday. It's, a I think it's the 22nd, 23rd of August, and they have a huge celebration it's housed at Gruda, which is the old country estate of the former poet laureate Cheshwash Miwosh. and they have this incredible cultural dialogue center, and people come from around the world to be there. We were called in to create their bridge, which was essentially a theater piece through music in a huge amphitheater using music as a device. It's one of the things I'm most interested in, again, what did everybody bring to the table, how do you put together different voices, how do you look at what everybody is bringing to the table, where they are, and then finding a way to be able to collaborate which doesn't negate what anybody's bringing or which doesn't sort of dumb down or water down what anybody brings to the table. So, for example, I'm not a jazz musician. I collaborate with many incredible jazz musicians, but if I try and play jazzy music, I'm going to sound like a watered-down version of what they do, it's not my craft. So I find ways to bring what it is that I have to offer as a musician and then find ways to work around with what they bring and then create new integrated structures and new forms. And that's what I'm very interested in and that's what we were able to do here I think as well. I was most interested for this project in having everybody come from where they were coming from, their point of view, their interests, working within the genres that they work and not trying to be something else but then to have to work collaboratively and to find the points of intersection and create something new.
1: Right. Yes, I think there's very close parallels between how you've described that project and uh, the current VITS project. Clearly, I've seen a a clip on YouTube, quite an extended clip, and the sonic result was incredibly high-level music, really good quality stuff, but... It is what it is because of the social, political, and cultural issues that come in in a collaborative project like this. And in this project at Bits, we have Beyond the Ready-Made as an exhibition that was our jumping-off point, which has a lot of very thought-provoking art in the Bitz Art Museum at the moment. And the students went around, Lee uh, took us around the gallery explaining some of the most salient artworks to us as our first session. And then the students really ran with those ideas over the next three weeks. So we've discussed the project a bit. Can you critique it a little bit for us? Tell us what you felt was successful in doing it in the VIT setting and what might have been more challenging working here with us? Just
2: to clarify before we do that, I think the project has been a month-long residency here. The first three weeks been set up of what the project was with the young musicians. As Cameron said, taking them on a site visit to the museum, and we were very fortunate to be able to do that on the very first morning, to go down and Lee took us through the exhibit. We had a set-up lecture and then went down to the exhibit and came back and debriefed. And were able to meet the next day to already begin work and to delve into the process as it was going to be. So those first three weeks led from that very first lecture through the creation of the working teams, who was paired with whom, to you know generating of ideas, working through them, and then having to workshop the actual pieces of music and work towards a final performance which took place as part of the first Thursdays at Wits Art Museum in the cafeteria space. In terms of critique, I mean, what I would like to say is actually just, I would rather talk about process and and outcomes and, and I think maybe challenges that were faced and overcome. What I found incredible about this project was that it involved students in their learning time in something that was not a part of the curriculum Being able to work towards something that definitely used everything that they had covered in their curriculum, that they had studied, and that was able to enhance their learning. But I think it took a lot of -of outside-of-the-box thinking, openness, and generosity as well from my colleagues who invited me into the space. It also took, I think, a lot of willingness to maneuver around and to make space for something like this to happen. What I found very interesting was that there was a value placed on an experience like this for the students. I think in terms of a project like this happening, I think there's numerous, and when I say my colleagues, I'm talking about everybody who was involved with allowing me to come to Fitzmusic Music and also into the partnership with WAM. If you look at how courses are set up, This particular course, which I was invited to join, is run by three faculty members. So, Drs. Harris, uh, Kumalo, and Crosley, each of who covers very different areas that are complementary and which I also found quite amazing, that the way that they are working together to provide an incredibly comprehensive education for the students. I was quite blown away by what they get to do in their composition studies. But by me coming in at this particular point, being September... You know, in the school year, they had to really work around my time here and provide class space for this to happen and sort of also maneuver where the curriculum based things were actually going to go to allow space for this to happen, which I appreciated. Hugely, but it also took a lot of planning.
1: I mean, one thing is the marks. I mean, we're within the curriculum, within the academic year, and for that length of time, we have we have to be able to give the students marks. So we had to think about the project and the way that, coming from our different areas, that the three of us would be able to assess the students at the end. We would have loved to have let the piece speak for itself, maybe give it one mark at the end. Right. But our spreadsheet has three boxes, which we we had to think quite quite carefully about what criteria could could fit in those. So it's sort of freedom versus institutional.
2: But the thing is, this this again comes down to requirements and what is actually seen as something beneficial, but that was not actually built into the curriculum, which was uh, something that I found very interesting, the way that it was navigated to allow the space for it to happen. And that took a lot of planning and it took a lot of maneuvering and a lot of advanced thinking to make that happen. So it was interesting that it had a value placed on it, So that is something which I think, you know, when something has a value, and if there is a wish for that to be something that is a recurring thing, it's like how you can actually build that into the curriculum so that there's a time or space. Because I feel like this was quite an extraordinary thing, the amount of manoeuvring that happened on the part of the instructors to be able to fit this into a class space and to work around it.
1: And with project-based work, having enough fluidity in the curriculum to have the space for the project, not knowing between different projects exactly in the future what different projects might be. You know, This is something that uh, certainly Jonathan and I have worked with over some years. The fact we know there'll be a space, we know it will be, say for an example, electronic music project, but its character will be different every year. And so it will fit into the curriculum differently every year. But nevertheless, we have the responsibility to make sure that the students leave fourth year knowing certain things.
2: Right. And what was interesting with this one, I felt that to make this particular project work, that the only way would be that the students used tools that they already knew how to use, even if theoretically from specific assignments or from what they'd been doing in class. Because I felt like if they were to then, on top of having to figure out the art of collaboration, which is a huge thing, taking influences from a completely different artistic medium, and then also the pressure of working on a major professional series, which all things are outside of their comfort zone. If you add to that having to learn additional skill sets, I felt that that would hamper them being able to do a successful performance. So we
1: prioritized things, we moved things around in order, some of the things we might have done a bit later, we did a bit earlier for example, but nevertheless there's certain things that you brought to the table which we just can't do in the way you can do them, you know, to do with the piano and the extended techniques of the piano which was great that they knew on a kind of theoretical level that exists, but you could put it into the practice. Uh, Very often to them you were saying, we must take it out of the theory now. We've talked about it long enough. We actually need to make some sound and see if this works. It goes back into the descriptive a little bit, but I think, especially for those who weren't at the concert, it might be really useful to chat about how the piano is your first instrument, but you're also a cellist, and I thought that was interesting because you bow the piano an awful lot with horsehair bows. It might be nice just to kind of give a taste and a description of how in an extended way you use the piano, the inside of the piano, and how that knitted with the way the students had to work as performers, because one of the things we didn't say in the description of a project was you forced, in a good way, the students to perform their own work. We weren't allowed to work in the paradigm of we are the composer, we write with quill pens on five line staves, and then hand it to somebody else in a wig who can who can play it for us. You made the students have to realize their own sounds which is an important part of music.
2: For me that's a very important part. And what came back to me was but they're not all performing majors this is not what they do and i said but i don't care if they're controlling the electronics live if they're breathing into a microphone if they are tapping if they provide in basic what whatever it is or speaking but there's something because again if you hand a piece of paper if you're a composer a desk composer who is able to hand it out and say oh but you know you did it i said here or do what I've written. There's a very different thing from sitting in a room and actually having to, with a bunch of people around you, make that happen. Looking at your peers' scores, if they bring them in, or how do you notate? How do you get your ideas across? There's something that's just very, very direct, and they were having to experience their own thought processes and see what they had come up with and how it wasn't working, or what was working, or why it wasn't, or even how to be able to get that across. And so being able to workshop that with their colleagues, with their friends, and get immediate feedback about that. And plus, I felt that for pieces like this, it was also going to be very, very interesting for them to tap into what it was that their colleagues brought. So a background on the class. The classroom is comprised of young composers from very different backgrounds. So jazz, classical, people who, I guess, want to do more production work in maybe pop or popular music fields. So very different And diverse goals that these people have, very different interests, different genre bases, and different skill sets that they bring in. And I do think that they were able to take a lot from each other, just from what each other had to offer. And the modes of working, the way of passing on information, and they were all really taken a lot from how others were passing on information, notating it, but also getting what they needed and wanted out of it. So again, how the performance actually looked in the end was there were five major pieces. Two of them were done by single composers and the other three works were collaboratively put together in groups of two. And it was huge compromise that was necessary to make them work in terms of what they wanted their final outcome to be, how they wanted it to sound, and what was available to them in the resources. What we were using as a jumping-off point was the exhibition. So there was one particular artwork that was the influence for the first piece on the program in a very tangible way. There was another piece where I'd asked them to bring quotes about knowledge, learning, and understanding. Again, just not because they had to use them for anything, although they did end up using them in one of the pieces, but it was just to connect with different inspirations from the outside and to be looking at what found objects which is beyond the ready-made The exhibition is a found object art if you yeah. couldn't put it that way so we were looking at different things that they could use in music as found objects whether it was our instruments and how we used those as objects to create sounds in different ways or whether it was words whether it was the building space itself the final piece was an electronic dance track where they weren't allowed to electronically generate any sounds. They had to generate all samples and sounds from the space itself or from the instruments. So they sampled the tables and the floors and chip packets and knives and forks and all sorts of things to create really great percussion tracks and things like that. So very much engaging with the space where they were, engaging with the exhibition and then with whatever was brought in and we had a wide range of things that were brought in just to use as a jumping off place for inspiration. Another thing that I'd asked them to bring in on the first day, there was each of them to bring in a quote about knowledge, understanding or learning. And it said a lot about where they were coming from and already started a lot of discussions about how they wanted to work. And the other thing was I asked them to just bring in a song that in some way made them think of home, self, or a sense of belonging. And whether that was a lullaby, or whether it was something that somebody in their family used to sing, or a teenage unks song which they would lock themselves in their room with at age 14 and listen to obsessively. It didn't matter. It was just something that like really made them... And again, none of those songs were actually referenced or used in the final performance, but it was just to get them thinking outside of how to notate or what they needed to do or doing things wrong or just to get them you know, thinking about things in a different way. I know you asked me a question about the piano and I totally did not answer it, but I tend to use the piano also as a found object which is why I loved this particular exhibition and why I loved working with it as a musical response. I tend to treat the piano as a whole orchestra. I work a lot with loops and samples and things like that and I will use it as a bowed instrument. I'll make entire string sections like you find in the orchestra. I'll use percussion loops from the whole body of the instrument even pseudo-brass sounds, piano, keys, whatever, and I will really investigate the whole body of the instrument. So that I found very exciting, and they were tapping into what their instruments do as well, double bass, looking at the guitars and sounds that they were getting out of that, out of their voices.
1: So we've got enough time for questions. I'm going to ask my last question of you now, which is the one that kind of links into this seminar series most directly, which is in the Vitz project you've just done, but also in the other collaborative projects that you've mentioned. How do you find that those shed light on your thinking in terms of relationship between artistic practice and artistic research?
2: For me, artistic research is very much tied up in the actual practice because I'm most interested in also looking at time and place and what is happening in a particular place, using this particular case as a study in that, I think it's not a case always of looking at new knowledge systems, but it's at looking at how things are combined, looking at what can come out of work in a specific way. In this case, looking at what was generated by a confluence of things coming together, but the actual practice for me was key. If you look at it backwards and always have an anticipated result and you've done your research and you expect a result, you also cap a lot of what can happen during the actual process and where that can lead.
1: It reminds me of a an Zanarchist quote I read in the front pages of a PhD thesis I was examining a couple of years ago, which was something along the lines of, a composer who knows exactly what he wants gets exactly what he wants, but that's never enough which made a a lot of sense to me. You know, got the empirical exploration side of things, but at the same time, there's a point where you have to sort of bring everything together and make something of it that has a trajectory and a a logic. And it feels to me that for you, it is the connections that can raise interdisciplinary connections and uh, connections between people that, that can raise a piece of artwork from being the next project, the next piece that one has to fulfill for a commission, to something else that is a lot more reflective on a different level. It feels to me that reflection, both social reflection and the reflection in terms of the sound itself, coming from this collaboration is really important for you. I'm putting words into your mouth now, so shoot me down. but I mean,
2: uh, this particular piece, I mean, I can have ideas about what I wanted, you know, and I had very specific jumping-off points, I had very specific goals, that I had very specific ideas and standards for which the project would be accountable, but if I tried to control the end process and I've already decided what the outcomes have to be of that process, then, you know, you negate everything that gets done and basically everything about the way of working is negated. So I do find, though, that you know creating something new, especially working in this way, it is research in itself because you don't know what's going to come together and you cannot know those things until, but again, it's like taking it out of theory into practice, which is something that dealing with the students all the time, they had so many ideas about what was possible, what could be this, what could be that. No, you make decisions along the way and those decisions are going to inform what the end result is going to be, but it also informs the context, it informs Every, yeah, I mean, for, for me, they can't be, you know, it's, it's not easy to, to separate them out because it's the process itself that is the most interesting in a way because it is going to inform the end result and it can't happen in isolation.
1: Right, yes, it's process-driven empirical investigation that we then need to look at what we've created once we know what we've done. And you couldn't get the students to make decisions theoretically without them actually trying the things out because until we know what happens we can't test the theory In an exclamation mark.
2: Right, well I mean moving towards something like a performance, it has to become untheoretical at a certain point. You have to make decisions, it is a practical thing. Um, But again, they could not make this project happen without a bunch of knowledge already in place. They're coming from specific places, they've required a bunch of tools, they have things in place but how that's going to come across, I mean, you have to make certain choices to make something like a performance happen or a piece of music. So it has to move beyond the theoretical. It's something that lives for itself. I think
1: that's a very good place based on some of the discussions I know that we've had about, for instance, just on faculty submitting creative work to government for subsidy. You know, We have a lot of textual support documents that we have to put in for that, for example. Whereas there's some people who have been around this table in the past who said, why do we have to do that? The work should actually speak for itself. If it's strong enough work, we should be able to see the new knowledge within it by taking it on its own terms, which I think is probably a good time to move to questions.
3: Hi, I'm Lee Leidy, and I'm the education curator at Witsart Museum. So I was facilitating from that side of the project. And sort of being part of the process from that end and working with everyone in terms of making it happen. I have some sort of questions around particular challenges that I sort of identified in the project and one of them was thinking about the time limit, which was barely anything for the amount of work that you guys (laughs) managed to pull off. And I wanted to know, was it enough in the end actually, or was it a serious challenge to what could potentially have come out of this project?
2: Uh, There's never enough time. (laughs) One of the amazing things about this project was that there was an end date. There was a focal point where something had to happen, and it was not in front of the young musician's family and friends. There was members of the public there on a serious series. I think that was one of the most um, beneficial things about this particular residency was that focus towards an end goal. There's never going to be enough time. We could have done the same amount of work in three months to be honest, they worked hard, they pushed hard. We couldn't have done what we did in less and everybody worked like crazy to get it done to where they were, but it could have equally have been spread out into a much longer time. But again, having a focal point and that's real life, they are always going to be faced with deadlines and there's never enough time. So what do you do? And it forced uh, you know decision-making and it forced the process. So,
3: mm. And you've kind of answered this a little bit, but I also wanted to ask Cameron about the value of that experience of performing to an audience beyond the academy and beyond peers and what you think that was worth something for the students that participated in this?
2: Well, he gets ready to come up. Uh, I mean, from, from where I sit, it's, it's one of the most valuable things that they could possibly have. And I think it's what actually provided the focal point of the entire residency was having something to have to get ready at a very high professional level. And they were held to a professional standard and accountable in a totally different way from what they might have been held to get a good grade or to get good marks or to be a good student. It's a totally different thing to then have to actually take your skills and your knowledge and put it into something that stands in front of people that you don't know.
1: Absolutely. From the point of view of them being part of the series it was an amazing opportunity for them which not every student in our fourth year would get so they are incredibly lucky from that point of view. I think also from a sort of professional developed point of view it's important to think of the space that we were using which was the art museum cafe Um, occasionally in the first Thursdays we've used the art museum space itself but in this particular project we were in the cafe and to point out the fact that increasingly musicians are bringing their music into non-conventional spaces. In this city, we have very few purpose-built concert spaces. I stopped them because I don't think there are actually any public purpose-built spaces just for music. We have things like the City Hall and Linder Auditorium, but they're all actually designed for other things as well. So from a kind of social point of view, it's important for us to get out there into the city performing in places that are not hermetically sealed, but also just from a practical point, if we don't do that, we're never going to play anywhere because there just aren't places in this city that are like that. And in many ways, that's a good opportunity and it makes us have to think in a, in a way that is not dull. That's what I, I would say to that. And now I'm going to go again.
4: <laughs> um, hello, I'm Alison Kearney. I'm the curator of this exhibition. So interesting to be here. Thank you to listen to the discussion especially around how these theories of the found which have a particular trajectory and history in the visual arts are being taken into new terrain and i think what's so interesting about what you're saying is thinking about what is found as not only maybe as an object but also a set of ideas or knowledge skills the time and the place and the circumstances of the people collaborating. And that, that is really making me think also more about how we think of what is found and how artists might manipulate or work with what is to hand and making me think more broadly of that. I was writing while you were talking and three words jumped out for me in my mind is the idea of finding, unmaking and remaking. And I think that captures something of the process that you're describing with working with what is to hand, thinking about our knowledge and how we have to change it or, you know, work differently given the constraints of the whole project and the situation and then coming up with something new that might be unexpected. And, Absolutely. You know. Absolutely.
2: Uh, you know, that's really interesting, the way you you picked up on that and and how you did because that kind of actually sums up the whole thing. For them, finding starting points, finding new collaborators, finding what it was that they wanted to say, finding what it was that spoke to them, finding sources of inspiration, finding ways of working. Unmaking, that's like literally if you... I mean, nobody produced work that was like something else that they had done before. And again, in a setting which was designed to just push them, maybe everybody outside of their comfort zones, me included, I didn't know where this was going to lead, what it was going to be. But you have to let go. There's something unmaking, letting go, and being prepared to go with something different. And then remaking, I mean, for me, real collaboration is in those last two steps, really unmaking. So letting, being able to let go, but not let go of the core of what it is that you have to actually offer, because otherwise a collaboration falls apart. If you try and totally meld to somebody else's will, you lose what it is that makes a collaboration unique, which is really what everybody has to bring. And then remaking is being able to use those things that you identify as being things that can actually go together but without either one having to compromise their core values or ideals yeah that's uh, an ideal way of looking at uh, what we were trying to do but thank you very much it really was the most incredible thing to be able to have when Lee actually told me on the phone what the exhibit was and I said just you know I wonder if there's any way we can tie in something. What is it? And she told me, I said, no, wait, this because from where I'm coming from with what I do, it was an amazing fit for me. And then when she started to actually sort of zoom me around the space on Skype and just sort of seeing what it was that we actually had to use as jumping off place, it was just unbelievable, such a huge wealth and depth and, the fact that we got to see that on the first day was amazing and the fact that i think this series exists and that there was also a willingness for on the part of vitz music and the art museum to work together to make something to and i know that there's been different concerts in in different areas this was in the cafe but there's been also in the main space set up and you know and you're dealing with a lot of people who really working to make something happen, which again then is going outside of what the original intent of the exhibit was. I was incredibly grateful, so thank you.
4: Thanks. Yeah, And actually just to bring back or just to pick up on that issue of what is the original intent of the exhibition, all this intention to engage with art-making practices in a particular way, but also audiences. So this is maybe a good example of your quote, that you don't know when you start, where you're going to end. But, I mean, this is exactly that many people engage in different ways and make something more from the exhibition is, I think, huge success for the exhibition as well.
1: That has to be what art's about human beings, working together to make something that's more than the sum of the parts. So thank you very much, Christo, for inviting us. Thank you very much, Cathy, for sharing your
0: thoughts with us today.
2: Thank you very much.
0: You've been listening to a dialogue between Cameron Harris and Kathleen Tagg. This is part of an ongoing series of discussions, seminars and workshops under the theme, New Concepts, New Challenges, New Formats, Envisaging the Creative Work PhD in an African Research University. I'm Krista Doherty. This podcast was produced by Elna Schutz and was funded by the Andrew F. Mellon Foundation as part of their funding for the Arts Research Africa Project. The song used in this podcast is Decompress by Lee Rosvera, licensed via Creative Commons Attribution 3.0.